What's up and welcome to another episode of the Scott and Ian show on the SBL podcast today, the confusing world of strings. Oh my God. I don't know about you, but for me, when I started to play the bass, I didn't even know that you needed to change your strings. And then someone's like, oh yeah, you got to change your strings every two weeks. And then someone's like, oh no, no, I never change my strings. And then someone's like, oh yeah, there's ones that are black and like, they're like tape wound. And other people are like, no, 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 flat wound. Like what's on an upright? And other people are like, are you insane? Rotosound and John Entwistle invented the round wound in the late sixties for a reason to sound big and bright and oh, my God, where do you begin? There's different brands, different gauges. Some people freeze them. Remember blue steels in the nineties? You can boil them. You, uh, I mean, it goes on and on. We're here to talk about it. We're here to talk about the things that we love about it. Our favorite things give you some recommends. So if you're confused about strings, Hopefully, after this, you'll be a little less confused. Hey, what's going on at SBL? October 30th, that's Monday. We've got yours truly in the hot seat, mentors, A to Z of the greatest bass lines ever, N. I'm recording this before then, obviously, so I haven't even picked my artists that start with N. What should it be? Nirvana? Nine Inch Nails? I can't even think of another good one. No, like no effects. <laughs> Nina Simone, who knows? You're going to have to show up and check it out. So much fun. Hey, we do Mondays, mentor days at SPL where a mentor, a different tutor is in the chair teaching live. You get to come, you get to ask questions, interact. It's awesome. I love being a part of that. I look forward to it every time. And then the following Monday, November 6th, Todd Johnson is in the house doing the Days of Wine and Roses a melodic and rhythmic sequence breakdown of that classic. So check that out. Also, starting November 6th, challenge yourself to practice without a base. That's in the community, on the campus. We've got campus challenges going on at SBL. That's starting November 6th. Challenge yourself to practice without a base. Check out what that means over at scottsbaselessons.com. If you haven't taken the free 14-day trial yet, do it up. It's easy to do. Go to www. I never need to say that again. Scottsbaselessons.com to grab a free 14-day trial. Check it out. Hey, enough of me. Let's get into this episode all about strings. Like, we've got, we're talking about <laughs> strings before we've even talked about strings. I was literally, you were talking. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, I'll press record after this conversation. Then I was like, oh, shit. This conversation is about strings. We better press record now. And we okay, promised yeah. the people, man. We promised the people. Yeah, right? we did promise the people. Yeah, we're going to be talking about strings. We said the next one's about strings. It's about <laughs> strings, dudes. And, strings. Um, yeah, should we jump into... So Ian and I were just... At, we'll give you the backstory. So yeah. an episode or a few episodes ago, we were geeking out about jazz basses that well first of all we were saying that all jazz basses aren't equal and yeah. they even though they look the same and people say oh it's a jazz bass versus p bass thing it's actually a little bit more complex than that because a lot of jazz basses well they sound completely different some sound like they've been stuck in a grease pot which is what i really like i love yes. a jazz bass when it sounds like old and vintage and then some sound really crisp and it's more than just the woods um and we were discussing Agreed. that in the past episode 
And uh, Ian said, oh, you've got to check out this Michelle Endiancello. Um, how do you pronounce it? Is it Endiancello? Endegiocello. Endegiocello. So yeah. you've got to check out this clip when she's playing it, doing a Berkeley clinic. And he said, like, it's either flat wounds on this jazz bass or it's like they're the deadest round wounds of all time. So we listened. So we, we finished the pod and then we were listening to the clip and we're like, yeah. it was, they're definitely flats. They're definitely flats. And then I was talking to Ian about, well, you know, is it low tension flats or like, what's the vibe? <laughs> and actually, and I was pointing at my Alinto over there in the corner, my P bass. Shout out to Mitch and Eric over at Alinto. Um, that's got really low tension flats on it. And I actually think I prefer because I was just playing this 59P over at Andy's place a few weeks back. That's got chromes, which are definitely higher tension than than the labella low, like the low tension labellas. Yeah, and I actually think I prefer the the higher tension. And you were saying that they've actually developed a a flat wound over at labella that is a higher tension, right? Yeah, it's like a thick gauge, but not as you know. It's like the I think the E string is like one hundred seven or something. Um, and I'm actually turned off by high gauge. I, I don't love like big gauge strings, but these are a really interesting string that Mitch developed. Um, well, that Mitch and Eric, yeah, over at Alinto, put together, and they're like a, a thicker gauge, but they're not as thick of a tension as you would think. So I would call them. I wouldn't say they're low tension, but I'd say they're medium. I think they're a heavy gauge, but a medium tension. Um, and they're beautiful. I think if you don't love the low tension flats or like if you've ever played Tomastic Infeld, like TI flats, Got it. they're yeah. very low tension. You might really love uh, those those new Olinto labellas are so cool. And it, and it leads me to make this statement. Flats, if we're talking strings, which we are, ladies oh, and gentlemen, <laughs> oh, we are. Flats have so much more variation between brands, materials, oh, tension, dude. gauge, um, the core, what the, how they're wrapped, what the core material is, the core shape. And yes, round wounds have difference too, and there's a zillion choices for both. But um, but flat wound bass strings, and when I say that, I mean the 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 string that Scott and I had started out talking about. Or you know, if you feel an upright string, it's smooth to the touch, right? It's a core of wire wrapped in metal tape. That's essentially what a flat wound is. There's yeah. a core wire through the whole string and then they're wrapped with tape whereas a round wound string is the thing that you, probably most of us are familiar with where it's a core of wire but it's wrapped also with wire it's wrapped with just a thinner gauge of wire and it creates that scrape right like you know if you have a you know here this bass has rounds if you can take a pick or your fingernail and make this sound that is a round wound yeah, string, yeah. <laughs> right? And flats don't do that. Flats are smooth to the touch. They're wrapped with tape. I don't have one at ar in arm's reach here, but um, I have, I've discovered that I was like, Oh, I'll get some flats and it'll sound old school. You know, when I started to get into flats, I was like, Oh yeah, I'll just, I'll get a set of flats. Who cares what they are? And yeah. it'll sound like James Jamerson. Ho, ho, not the case. Yeah, because they yeah. take time to break in, and the tension is different. And oh my god, there's it's so a many crazy world, that isn't it? It's, a, yes. it's, it's such a crazy world. Dude, is your is your cable catching on something? Something? I'm getting some booming. Boom, I'm getting boom. Some... Yeah, 
Is it I'm Bruin? Hearing, I, was, I was hearing You're, that too. I think it yeah. might have been. I think it might have been upstairs. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Something's going on up there. But yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll try to get the cable out of the way. Awesome. Yeah. But yeah, it's like yeah. so different, isn't it? So if anybody's thinking about jumping into flatwounds, it is yeah. an interesting world. It's and, and in, in the uh, and we, let's get there. But let's yeah. do let's do rounds. In fact, let's right. just sort of like start this off with saying, I like in the past episode, I did mention that um, even though I absolutely understand clearly that strings have a huge huge impact on your tone and it's yes. interesting when you watch forums or listen you know read on forums everybody's talking about pickups and they're talking about basses and yes. different body words and different fingerboard words and all of these things do make a difference to your to the, to the sound but jesus strings oh. also make a huge difference it's huge it's huge yeah and round rounds as well uh, like a huge of course huge um, and it's something that I openly stated this, even though I know this, I haven't experimented with a bunch of different strings. In mm. fact, when somebody asks me, hey, what strings have you got on that bass? I guiltily, I'm always like, oh, and I have to like, think right. about like, oh, like I'm, I'm really terrible. And the reason, the embarrassing reason is that it, you know, they're expensive and it takes a long time to change. And, and, mm. and I just, and it, in sort of like you know if i objectively think about this i should absolutely get like five different string brands and i should put them on a bass and da -da 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 -da, and record what it sounds like yeah -da -da, and then swap them all out but i don't yeah i know because i'm because i'm just a bit lazy but that's well, what i should do i should yeah. do that but you I know mean, who has time to do that i mean i don't know i guess uh <sighs> I, in, in years past, I've done similar, I haven't done like a direct comparison like that, but I have experimented with a bunch of different strings, especially flats. And I will say this, I mean, just to push back a tiny bit, strings are, yes, they're expensive, but in the scheme of things, in the scheme of the things that you can buy to make the a difference to yeah, your tone, they're cheaper than a bass, they're cheaper than a pedal or a preamp, right? And yeah. So, you know, if you, or an amp, if you buy strings, it is the, uh, John Mayer said this thing once, it said that the string, you don't actually play the guitar. Oh, oh, you, oh, you think you play the guitar? Oh, you're wrong. You actually you play, play a string. string. Yes. And wow. the guitar is just the, the, the surrounding the that, material. <laughs> yeah. It's the thing yeah. that the, that the, that the string is attached to, but you don't play the guitar. You know, you're not touching the guitar and making sounds. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're playing the string. And then there's these pickups that pick up that, you know, that there's a magic, a freaking ma that I will never understand. No matter how many engineers explain it to me, the magnetism of the pickup and sends yeah, it through yeah, the yeah, wire. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like, are you kidding me? It's magic. Dude, it's magic. It is. Yeah. And you interface with this this string that makes magic through the pickups and comes out your right, but you're not actually playing the bass. You're not playing the guitar. You're playing the string. It's so weird, isn't it? Yes. Ha have Have you done sort of like in terms of round wounds? Have you done yeah. like a deep dive into different brands and what you really prefer? Long ago, and I will I will give you my general impressions. Um, now I play pretty light. 
I'm not a big clanker. Like I don't play an aggressive style unless I'm really, unless I'm trying to emulate Getty, emulate John and Twistle. But when I'm yeah, playing yeah. for me, I tend to play pretty light. Um, and I don't love super bright, like stainless steel round wound strings. And there are people yes. that do like Jacob Umansky from intervals is a great example of, he plays steel strings on a ding wall and they sound bright and they're just nasty. And he likes, they also feel kind of grippy and gritty yeah. and teary on his fingers. And he likes that. I hate that. I'm the opposite. I, I don't, hate that as well. I, I hate, hate that. Yeah. Yes. Nickels all the way because I hate Same. that. I hate the feel of the steel. It feels yes. weird, like when I move up and dance, like it's grippy. Oh, it feels so, like it's yeah. yeah. It feels like you know when you touch a microfiber cloth yes. and it kind of grabs all the little bits of skin on your and you're like, Ugh, it kind of sticks to your fingers. Argh, I hate yeah. that feeling. But I know and, plays that love it. Yes, exactly. They love Same. steel strings. Yeah, so right. weird. Yeah, but but so your nickel rounds all the way. Nickel round, dude. I yeah. didn't even know there was a, you know, but, but none of us did, right? Way back when, in the olden <laughs> days, I used to pick up bases and I'd be like, yeah. how come this feels really uncomfortable and weird to play? Yeah. And that one over there in the shop, that one feels fine. I didn't right. know for like an embarrassingly long amount of time that it was because steel like over a year, like way over a year maybe like even two years or something like that and i was like playing like professionally i was like yes. oh, this feels weird and then i realized or found out you know because obviously this was like before the internet well that's my excuse anyway that yeah. um, that's what I, that's my story but yeah. it was it was the the steel strings i hated the steel strings hated yes. and some yes. of them have got like really sort of like like really chunky wind winds on them and uh, yeah ugh. and they just Awful. grab your fingers and yeah yeah i mean but that's a that's a thing to try i mean you might if you're listening out there and you're like oh i want something that feels grippy and is super bright and like you know slap tone is like Dah! i mean just big yeah. and monster and bright that's cool and they I last for think, a longer time don't they is that the deal they last I for longer no god yeah. i mean i think that all just depends on how much you play and how much you sweat and how much skin yeah, yeah. cells come off of your fingers and i will say that when i switched to nickels i thought oh these are going to be so dark and weird and they're not nickel rounds like you know for instance the one that i play a lot now are dunlop super brights and those strings are really bright they're to me, I don't know if the, if I were like A B comparison and heard them back to back with steel, and someone else was playing and I wasn't feeling them. I'm not sure that I'd be able to tell the difference. But so you get a really bright round wound string. They maybe die a little faster. I don't think that's a bad thing. I love actually the sound yeah, yeah, of true, true. Yeah. dead deadish rounds. Um, but you get a, a smoother feel to the finger. I think is that right? A smoother touch. A smooth, a delicate, a de oh, just a delicate <laughs> massage of the fingers. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I don't know who I'm, I don't know who I'm trying to be. <laughs> Some call yeah. me a handmaiden. <laughs> <laughs> do strings, hey, do strings last longer for you because of gloves? Oh, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. Yeah, for sure. Because sure. there's zero sweat coming off my hand. None. Zero. But 
But if you don't know, that is not the reason that Scott wears the gloves. That's a whole a, other podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, but yeah, they definitely, they definitely help. Um, but yeah, I haven't. Interestingly, I was going to ask you what string brand you use, and you're like, oh, Dunlop Superbrights. I was like, oh shit, that's what I use as well. <laughs> I, 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 and I bet we use them for the same freaking reason. Let Probably. me tell you a story. Yeah, Daryl over at Dunlop is awesome. <laughs> yeah, and he's he a awesome. really great networker. And he reached out <laughs> to you and he was like, hey, Ian, can I send you a bunch of strings? And you're like, fuck yeah, Daryl, send me them strings. And now you use Dunlop Superbrights. Oh, that is, is not that far the reason? from the truth. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I yeah. before <laughs> I was playing Dunlops, I was playing um, DR Sunbeams. Have you ever played Sunbeams? Dude. Like so, Dave from Angular, right? So Dave mm-hmm. Avinius from Angular, he has started working for DR. And oh, Dave, really? re- yeah, he sent me some strings. He was like, so he's him and Daryl, man. Him and they're, they're chatting. Oh, like amazing. Dave's seen what Daryl's doing. Yeah, so he sent me some strings and stuff like that. Uh, but I've only, I've, like, I haven't used. I don't think I use the Sunbeams yet. I haven't done like a full deep dive, so I'm not really gonna sort of like you know, say anything, ooh, they were great, they were not great, whatever. I just yeah. I need to do more. Uh, I need to try more of them out. But, yeah, shout out to Dave at Aguilar. So Dave used to be the guy, Dave and Dave Boon, the two Daves, Dave and Dave Boonshaft over Aguilar. They were freaking awesome. Yeah, you, for I sure. know you know, dude. Can you remember, like, Aguilar back in the day when they started doing the Aguilar loft? Can you remember, like, that oh, was, of like... Course. Game changing, so, so cool. Yes, game changing. They had people going into their that well, their loft in New York City, and they were like doing these shows, and they were videoing it and put it on the internet, and like that was the fir- they were the first to do that. So I think that Angular actually freaking crushed it. So shout out to the totally. two Daves. Yeah, obviously Angular then got sold to Korg, and they've got yeah. a thing. I think they've like obviously different leadership in place. I'm not sure where they're based out of anymore. Maybe they're based out of New York, so I'm not sure. They're in New York. Yeah, yeah. But the day on the Long two Island. Da- yeah, are they on Long Island? And then the mm-hmm. two Daves mm-hmm. they stepped away. That they're not involved anymore. I'm not sure what Dave Boonshaft's doing, but Dave, the other Dave, he's at, at DR Strings and. To your point, I haven't tried DR Sunbeams. I really want to, though. Oh, try them. What's the vibe? Uh, okay, so the other thing about a round-wound string that I think makes a difference is the core. And the yeah. core can be a different thickness, but but I think the shape makes the biggest difference. So there's hex core, yeah. where it's like a six. You know, if you're thinking about your shapes back from school, right? A hexagon is a six-sided shape. And then there's also a smooth round core. And typically, the hex core string is tighter. So so uh, oh. like a, and, and more taut. And the string mo- travels less when you strike it. It it creates so that's like DR Lowrider. They made that string, I believe. Uh, God, I could be I could be spreading misinformation, but I believe the Lowrider is made on a hex core because you can get the action lower because it's traveling less and maybe buzzing less. So that's a Lowrider, right? Interesting. Yeah. But then the Sunbeams are on a round core, and round cores are a little more, like a slightly more spongy, a little more flexible. Like even yeah. if you even feel them when you pull them out of the pack, they're like really flexible, and they just seem almost like the the windings on them are compressed together a little more. They don't feel like a flat wound. I mean, actually. I have them have on you, this yeah, base. Have any, I have them yeah. on the Vorinsaku right now. They feel of all. I mean, they still do the sh- 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 thing, 
but of all the rounds that I've played, they feel maybe the smoothest, like almost like they have a bit of butter on them or something. Yeah. Um, oh, really? And the, yeah, and they're they're really pliable. Um, so for me, I I like them a lot because they they feel kind of easy to manipulate. You can play them lightly, and they go like with a big amount of sound. And are they the um, sunbeams? Yeah. Yeah. And names, yeah. they're also supposed to be great on fretless because I think, I do think that the wound, the winding is packed a little tighter. So they're supposed to like grind your fingerboard a little less potentially. Yeah. You know? Like one of the, one of the guys I follow, I mentioned him actually on the, uh, trying to find. No, he's not here. Like it's Larry Lars Danielson. Um, I love his sound, and he actually play, plays DR strings as well. But I was trying to find there which one it was, and I'm not oh, sure yeah. where the actual post is. Yeah, it might be on YouTube somewhere. But somebody There's actually so pops much. up and says, "Oh, he's using DR strings." Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I need and to then do a deep I, I will say this. too on on this bass uh, on the IMA four. This is a set of Dunlops, but it's their new strings. Have you tried the hybrids yet? No. No. They're it's basically. Uh, a nickel outer wrap with a steel inner wrap and then a core. So it's like supposedly, right? You're getting the best of both worlds. You're getting the nickel feel, but maybe slightly brighter, more of like a steel string sound. Um, Uh, And, you know, I'm not sure. I, I will say when I put these strings on this bass... I was like, oh, these feel great. But I don't know that I would have been like, oh, of course there's a steel inner. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, a lot yeah, of stuff yeah. that string manufacturers do. There, there is a lot of marketing, uh, right, in every string manufacturer yeah, to get yeah, you. You know, they're yeah. all using buzzwords and they're all saying what their materials and construction will do to make your tone better. And how much of that is true or not, of course, is super debatable. But I like these strings. I reach for these now. Now, um, the hybrids on like long scale bases that I want to put rounds on, uh, that are like a traditional nickel round. I reach for those more than uh, over the DRs or over, over, the, over the, over the super yeah. brights, over the yes, super, over brights, the super brights yep. and over the yep. DRs, which are, yeah, yeah. The, the DR for me is like, it's a great, sh- uh, like a short scale flat, a great fret, sorry, round. It's a great short scale round round string. It's a great fretless round round string. And actually I had them on a jazz bass. You might try those, dude. They, they, when they break in, they get really like nice and dead, but they don't lose sustain. And you might really like them. I think I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to have to jump into it. Dave actually emailed me recently, so I need to, Dave, if you're listening, I I owe you an email anyway. Um, But yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to jump into it and, and, start figuring some of this stuff out so i certainly need to because i know it really has a massive effect on your tone but also the feel of the instrument as well the tension of the strings which actually moves it on to flat wounds right because the yes. tension there is just all over the place there's low tension there's high tension there's yes it seems so different before before we just jump into flats can i just ask one other thing gauge do you have any thoughts about gauge like I round just, wound gauge do you prefer 45 to 105 do you prefer a big tension b string do you like you know like does that do you care about that stuff yeah so b's like 130s yep yeah um oh and then are you 45 105 kind of a standard yeah yeah, it's 45 to 105 actually i might be telling the lie on the b string maybe it's a 125 
Yeah, 125 but, maybe. Yeah, maybe it's a 125. Yeah. I think it's a 125 because I know that Willis uses a 128. And I'm like, oh, does that mean he's more of a man than me? Because he's got a 128. And I'm going to 125. Now you know why That's she funny. keeps me up at night. I'm like, is Willis more than a man? Because he's got like, you know, three points extra on his B string, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, it's like a 125 and then 45 to 105. Standard. Got it. Yeah. Because yeah. you yeah. don't use standard, do you? Um, my favorite, I, I've just sort of, uh, I've tried to get used to a standard thing. If I had my druthers always, like if I could make hay string manufacturer, <laughs> will you make me this custom set and send me a million of them? And then I will talk about it all the time. Can yeah. you do that? Um, oh, I, oh, silent pitch there going on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, my favorite thing in the world is a lighter bottom and heavier top. So I love uh, basically Same. like a 45, 65, and then an 80, 100. I don't like a, a heavy E-string. I think that like lighter gauge E-strings sound better to me. They seems like they live a little longer. They sustain well, so, a little longer. So you want light on the top? No. Heavy, I want no. Heavy, heavy on, the, on top. the top. Maybe so I misspoke. Yes. 45, 65. And then 80, 100. Oh, so light. That's from my the favorite thing. End. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because I, I want to have a little bit more like um, fight on top. Like I, I like the feeling of a thicker D and G string. I also think yes, it's me maybe, too, yeah. yeah, maybe helps low end out up there. But then as I yeah. come down, I don't want a giant meaty cable on the, you know, on the yeah, E string. Actually, ahead. what I'd love to experiment with is even some in-betweens. Like I'd love to do 95, 82, 65, 47. That's what yeah, I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a bit beefier on the D and the G string. Yes. And then even later, you know, 95 E string, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then progressively heavier as I – and I remember talking to, I think, Eric Coco at Alinto, and he was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he, was like, <laughs> he was like, really? And I'm like, yeah, man, that's what I, you know, so, so I could just be alone, but that's just whenever I play a bass, I always feel like I want the bottom strings to be a little bit more flexible and like, I don't know, pliant or something. And then I want the upper strings to be a little thicker and less forgiving because I'm not bending and I'm not, I don't know. I just, the sound of the instrument feels more consistent to me when when like I don't have huge gauge bottom strings and tiny top strings, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's so interesting. We should do well, like and obviously not, you know we should just like mark down a week in the calendar and then just <laughs> privately on our own just do a freaking deep dive into all of these different strings. We'll just make a promise to each other that we're going to go hard right for a week, and then we should do a podcast on it and talk oh, about our findings. That would that be would great, be amazing. If you yeah. want that, guys, let us know. Like, if you would be in, like, if that's the rabbit hole that you want us to go down, we will do that for you. Dear podcast yeah. listener, we'll do that for you. Yeah. Oh, and we'll hate it. Yeah, we'll do like not nothing in it for us at all, right? You know, we're just oh, throwing is, ourselves on the science. swords for you guys. Yes, absolutely yeah. for science. Yeah. Uh, can we talk flats? Can we talk flats for a bit? Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah, go for it. Because flats are, you guys. If you want to dive into flats, just know there's a couple things you can do. Go buy a set of flats, who cares what they are, put them on your base, commit to them for the rest of your life, and don't think about it ever again. And that probably is what you should do. 
Just go buy some flats. Like, guess what? James Jamerson put one set of flats. Maybe it came with them. I'm not sure. But he got a set of labella flats on his bass. He's like, what's the most, you know, upright string? I'm sure Eric Coco knows the story there, right? Yeah. And he put them on. And he didn't try other brands. He wasn't A, being flats. And guess what? He committed to that, set the bass up for that. They broke in. They, he loved them so much that when a G-string broke, he asked LaBella if they could weld it back together so that he wouldn't have to change his strings. <laughs> right? That's wild. That's wild. wild. Yeah. So that's one approach. Get a set of flats. Here's the thing. You're going to put them on and you're going to say, holy shit, these are bright. These are weird. They're bright. They don't sound old school. And that's correct because yeah. it takes a long time for them to break in. It's so strange. Maybe even months, maybe yeah. even 20 gigs, maybe even I a year. I will say I actually like new flats as well. Like I do too. Yes. I do. Yeah, I do. Dude. Too. I do too. I freaking like them. They're I like cool it. sounding. They're not yes. the, obviously, they're not the same as sort of like you, you kind of like, you know, boom, boom, boom. you know, they're not the traditional yes. flat, but I think they sound freaking awesome. They sound more like a round wound than you're expecting them to, right? Yes. Like yeah. right out of the package, you're like, oh shit, I could play everything on this. They're smooth to the touch. You feel like you can slide. Smooth. There's no finger noise. Ooh, smooth to the touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, they are. They're great. They're, they're really great. And then as you get, as they age. Yes. Well, for me, I will say, so this is just something to, I guess it's, it's interesting to put out there, right? That... I started playing flats because I'd heard they were cool. And yep. all of the cool players were saying they were yeah, cool. So Pino. I myself, yeah, I was like, yo, flats is where it's at. Flats, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then I put them on my bass and I was like, oh, not as flat sound as I thought they were going to be. And right. then as they did start getting deader, I actually, they were just, it just didn't sound like me. I was like, yes. ugh. Right. These sound a bit, a bit shit. You know, I, honestly, yes, yeah. Right. Because yeah. I was stepping into a world that I just not, I wasn't, wasn't used to it. Yep. I was like, where's all my tone gone? Like, these things oh. are just sort of like, like yes. really, really thin response in terms of on the frequency range. I was like, where's all the dynamic gone? Like, it's all <sighs> gone. And I just didn't get it yet. It's yeah. like, and the only thing that really I can um, liken it to, I guess, in the moment is the first, my favorite scale of all time that I have yeah. most fun with is the melodic minor. I love it. And I, and it's really part of my sound yes. uh, when I play, especially from an intro, improvisational standpoint, right? But the first time that somebody taught me a melodic minor scale, I was like, this is the weirdest crap sounding. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do with this? Right. Yes. It you didn't varies. know how it fit. I just didn't know how it fit, how to use it, right. what, to, what to do with it. Therefore, my instant kind of like emotional reaction was, Ugh, this yeah. just doesn't feel great. And I had the same yes. thing with flats. I was yes. like, ugh, does, this doesn't feel great. Everybody said they were cool. This is not cool. Right. This is crap. Like, this was the Emperor's New Clothes. Um, and I think that there is an element of that because all of the cool players at the time were, like, all talking about flats. Yeah, they are, and they are great. But I'll tell yep. you what. 
they're not great for everything. They're not That's great so true. for everything. Totally so true. Are, yeah, exactly. So I was one of those players that were just, I'd heard people say they were great, people that I really admired. And then when I put them on my base, I was like, oh. And I right. was like that because they're not great for everything. You know, That's so true. You're not going to pop them on your base and sound like Marcus Miller. Jesus. No, right? very true. It's like, it's, it's going to, it's a completely different tonal aesthetic and yes. you've got to learn it. That would be my, and I love them. Just to put it out there now, I freaking love them. Yes. But it's something you've got to learn. Yeah. And I think a flat that is old and broken in, it just sounds like nostalgic bass. Yeah. It's and when Scott, like you said, like a narrow band of tone, um, it sort of sits only in the bottom and mid range. There's zero top. There's zero sizzle. So that thing of if if you dig in hard and expect it to go, you know, expect it to like snap. Like that wonderful thing of when you dig into fresh round wound strings on a jazz bass and it's like just feels like it's slapping you in the face. Flats just don't do that. They kind of thunk or like bark. They're like, yeah, and it's weird. And to me, an old flat wound sounds best when played light. Like an old flat wound sounds the best when the action is kind of high or like medium to high. Yeah. You play kind of light and then they just fill the track or the room with bottom and with oh, mid range. Like, it's, it's so interesting, isn't it? Like just to, to your, I was playing them. I didn't put them on a P base. I just put them on a normal base of mine. And so, so th- yep. there's incongruence there straight away because it like, and I'm not saying that you can't use flats on different bases you can use them on all bases but just of course the thing sure. that i was expecting didn't happen i was like oh this is so weird like what is this uh, but to, and what you said about playing it lightly there like a great um, somebody to check out actually who plays great is sean hurley and he plays oh, with yes. a feather light touch on his right hand yeah and the reason yep. i've talked to him about the reason he does this is that imagine when you if you really kind of sort of like hit a string quite hard and it's a yep. and it's a round wound, you're going to get like a big sort of like wah at the front end of the note right. and it's going to die down. And actually, Sean right. wants it to be much more consistent along the the life cycle of that note. So instead of giving it a bang at the front end of the note and it just disappearing, he wants to really use his featherlight touch his that's right <laughs> featherlight touch because he's just going to boom and then it's just going to it's going to sustain giving him the ability to then turn the amp up so it set so it the oh yeah the, so it, the perception of it is that it's a fatter sound it's a fatter sound yes now interestingly you can do this on elect on um uh, on round wounds as well. Gary Willis has talked about this extensively that he he plays with a super light touch because he because it the perception of the note is fatter. So and also right. Sean Hurley goes really nerdy about it in terms of when you watch where he plays, he plays exactly at the point where Jameson played as well because he's experimented with a lot and he said just in front of the neck pickup is where it sounds best for that particular fat tone that he's going for. And it's exactly, yeah. And like Jameson had the plate over the strings. So his his finger plucked just in front of the plate. So it's like, I absolutely love this stuff. And for me, 
it was like an expectation thing. You know, I, I, I right. wasn't expecting what it sounded like. But also, my technique wasn't dialed in, dude. I just sort of like picked right. it up and played it how I play the bass. And it was like, ooh, like, and I play quite hard. And, and knowing that now when I play up, uh, like pick a, 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 a bass up with flats on, I do reduce that down because you get this sure. weird... But like a, it's just weird when you dig in too much. So he yes. just grabbed his bass actually to show you guys. If you're watching the video over on yeah. YouTube, you'll see it. Yeah. So you know, Jamerson had the cover on a P bass like this, right? So here's a P bass. Here's the pickup cover, and Jamerson would rest three fingers on the cover and play with one finger right in front of the cover. Yeah. So it's actually a really comfortable hand shape. You put your thumb on the edge of the cover these three fingers on the cover and then you just play with one finger and that is a, it's such an amazing beautiful big sound um you know i will say scott like somebody who is one of one we talked about this notion of one yeah, of one yeah. uh, you know in a, a past episode and who plays flats on a p bass that does not sound like any of these guys is steve Harris. Steve Harris, yeah, and yeah. Steve has this like more kind of clanky rock and roll sound, and he plays um, roto sound flat wounds on his bass, and he changes them. Yeah, and because he he wants a string to be bright, but he does, you know, so he's not interested in like you know leaving them on and letting them, you know, marinate in the in the oils and right in like ten <laughs> years down the road they're going to be perfect yeah, and yeah, all of that yeah. stuff. He wants them to be bright, and there's something too. I agree, man. When I change, I always have flat wounds on my '68 jazz bass, and when I change them, um, I am like, oh, this is good. I wonder if every four months or every six months, maybe I should just change them yeah. and not be on that base into like, oh, I'm going to keep them on forever because there is something about the feel and the smoothness, but then you still have more of that dynamic range exactly. in the high end before so, they die. Yeah, exactly. Before yeah. they die and, and do that thing, like yeah. it's maybe there's a midpoint where, where you can exist yes. and get everything. I will say that one of my fate it's so interesting <laughs> i know i've said that the phrase about 10 it's, it's the realization <laughs> I, as i'm saying this, i'm like oh it's so interesting like yeah. if you take somebody like i don't know michael league right so he plays yeah. a bass and when i listen to him play he sounds ve like like you'd expect on that bass right he sounds it sounds like a flat wound on a p bass um, yes, I agree. He said uh, when he records his bass, like Hurley, you know, he said he wants his notes to appear in the DAW, like in Pro Tools or Logic. Yeah. He wants them to look like sausages and not traffic cones. Remember exactly that? that, yeah. Right? Because like sausages, not witch hats, right? You know, if you think about a witch yeah. hat or a traffic cone, right? The big peak at the top and then this taper. No, he wants to play really softly so that the whole note, the attack volume and dynamic is actually very similar to its tail. Um, and you could really see that. You can see your tendency in a DAW if you, uh, if you check it out. Um, it's really, really interesting actually to see. <laughs> now I'm saying it too, Scott. It's, it's really so interesting. interesting. Right? But check this out. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. so this is somebody, it's not a P bass, but he's playing through a P bass pickup um, with flats on. And this does not yep, sound okay. anything like what you'd imagine in your mind or like michael league for instance oh. nothing like that i'm ready is that 
Marin? Yeah. Who is that? Dude. Our sound is so contained like, in our hands. Jesus our Christ, he's so good. He's so good. We love Jonathan we love, Marin. Jonathan yeah. Marin, we love you. He plays hard, too, Scott. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's why he was actually sort of like top of mind when we were thinking about this. He plays hard as heck. He yeah, does. And you can hear it. In, oh, ah, oh. I, that's that's the sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like it's is that a P or is that a or is that the Yamaha? Dude, that's the Yamaha. Check it. Oh, here it comes. Yeah. I mean, do you just need to get that? Do you just need to get your BB set up beautifully oh. and find the strings and may, maybe? Man, you're a, I wish you know? I, I can't because it does something to my focal dystonia. I have no idea why. Oh. Have I told you that before? Really? No. That freaking bass. I for whatever reason why I do not. I've not told you. It's like kryptonite. No. It's kryptonite to my focal dystonia. You're kidding. No, it completely screws me over. Yeah, I've got no idea why. No idea why. Wow. Yeah, super weird. I don't even need to play any notes on it. Like, just the... F- it's... Yeah, kryptonite. Oh, just the feel it's of it. just the I was feel just saying, of it. Yeah, it's weird. I was just saying, I wonder if you put flats on it. Like, maybe it'd, maybe it'd change it. Maybe, but I don't yeah. know. Maybe yeah. it wouldn't. But, but the tone is like, when I listen to that, like, I've listened to that clip an obscene amount of times. And I'm like, wow. oh, that might be my favorite tone on any bass I've ever heard. It's just, <laughs> it's just crushing. It's so good. It's, oh, it's obscene. It's obscene, honestly. Jonathan, if you're listening now, I, I know what he would say. He would say, wow, I uh, I owe you um, a, a box of pastries. Oh, he's so sweet, isn't he? He's, he's yeah. God, I'm so sweet. He's like, how, how many boxes of pastries do I yeah, owe you now, Scott? He'd say it all all like under, under, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, dude, he's incredible. That That is a great sound. And when and I fun, interviewed yeah. him for Bass Space 23, he played, he demonstrated like the Maxwell bass line. Yeah. Um, and a few other things. And I realized just hearing him play on his own, even more than when I've watched the courses, for some reason, when I was just one-on-one with him and he was just playing over the, you know, over a zoom call or Riverside, you know, whatever it um, it's, he plays hard. Yeah. Like really, really plays dynamic. I mean, it's not that he can't play soft. Obviously he just, when he digs, he really digs in hard. He's getting this big dig in sound out of the instrument. Like when he accents, he really accents yeah, yeah. way more than I do. So much more oh, than dude, I do. Yeah. He's really hard. And also he's loud in the room as well. It was so funny. We were in the studio in, uh, in Brooklyn and, 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 we would, and I can't remember what we said, but I was like, it was something like I'm gonna like paraphrase it, but but I was like, wow! I was like, you play really hard, and he was like, oh yeah, man. He was like, like I'm a quiet person, but he was like, when it comes to bass, I play hard and I turn up loud. And it was, yes. and he was like yes. there with his four by ten, and he was like digging in, and it was loud. It was like no apologies, and it it was awesome. It was awesome. I've told that was the second yeah. time we were in mm. the studio together. The first mm. time was at another studio, also in Brooklyn. And, and out of all of the ba- we had some incredible bass players in like you know the cream of the crop all of these amazing players and and he stood out to me as as very individual a one of one again he was a yeah. one of one he was yep 
not shredding, but had amazing chops. He had, he was just, I can't really put my finger on it, but he was a, he was yes. definitely a one of one. He had his Yamaha oh. BB and, and like yep. from a tonal, tonal, like, like tonal standpoint, very individual as well. It was just, yes. yeah, I think that sometimes when we talk about one of one, being a one of one, we can, it's sometimes it's, it's, it's all of the little things that that add up to make that happen as well. Like you can look at in, look at guys like Steve Swallow, right? It's kind of obvious. Oh yeah, he's playing a, a five string acoustic bass with a high C with a plectrum. Of course, he's a one of one. Right. You know, right. look at like Carl's Carlos Benevent, the you know the flamenco uh, player that I told you about, the electric player. Again, plectrum E to C, like flamenco one of one victor sure to wooten right come on the guy's so freaking extreme one of one but when you look at jonathan Marin, it's like well he is a one of one when i when i watch him play there's not many people doing what he does and it's right. maybe all of the little things it's less obvious it's less obvious yes i would it's less pyrotechnic he's not less claypool about you mr allison oh interesting i bet there are some people that are thinking that exact thing right now actually yeah and i think oh, that, man. Yeah, wow. i think it's all of the different you know you play your bet you've got what, what's your main bass really it's a jazz bass it's got flat flat yeah. wounds on it you've got the whole effects mm. thing going on it you play very lightly you've got your like own kind of like approach to vocabulary i think that you are one of one my friend <laughs> oh man that is very sweet <laughs> i do uh i'm blushing over and here. almost blushing fifty thousand people over on instagram also think that as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm getting i'm getting close man i'm just a just a few every day just slowly getting there man i'm gonna i'm gonna be pretty excited when i get yeah, to 50 <laughs> i think but I do, I do i think that that's what also makes you stand out on instagram because you're one of one you mm. do that one thing and i think mm. that yeah and anyway, we slid from strings into something else. But all that to say that I think that everybody put, should put time and effort into experimentation with strings and also definitely try out flat wounds. It's great fun. There's, uh, yeah, yeah, there's fun to be had over in that, in that world. I mean, I, yeah, I know, I know we got to wind it down, but we didn't, you know, people are going to be like, hold on. What about, what about pressure wound? Hold on. What about nylon tapes? Yeah. Hold on. What about, you know, and, and what about gold alloy strings? And what about, Co- I mean, there are so strings. many, elixirs oh my God, of course, elixirs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, do you say elixir? I called elixir. Oh, is- <laughs> elixir. I think it is elixir. Yeah. You know, weirdly, but, my, I like elixir. My, I like like elixir as well uh, let's call him that from now on uh, yeah please. a friend of mine was uh, he was i don't know if anybody listens to this that might be uh um in in contact with the guy from elixir but a friend of mine was on holiday um and he was he went to the grand canyon and he randomly met i think or at least the story he told me he was like oh yeah i, I randomly yeah. i was at the Grand Canyon on holiday and randomly met the guy who runs the company who either founded it or really yeah and he said that he was on holiday as well and they just randomly struck up this conversation he was like I'm a guitar player and the guy was like I make strings have you heard of elixir strings and my friend was like yes I have heard of them anyway I digress (laughs) of course so should we they were the huge thing for so long should we do a different a different 
uh, like a, a future episode on should we go do we yeah like tapes and and do we need strings part two we, maybe we do maybe let us know guys i mean because i have man i've got tapes on some stuff i've got tapes on two bases i have tapes on an old coronado hollow body I've got tapes, yeah. and i have tapes on a um yamaha bb 3000 oh, yeah, actually dude. tapes are awesome. and they're awesome. They, they should are be, awesome. Yeah, they should and be they're more. different than flats, and it's and it's Boom Bishop, and <gasps> it's they're somewhere in between and half rounds. I know that's a it's a different vibe and pressure wounds. I played a set of GHS pressure wounds on a P bass for a wow. while. There's, I mean, we could also do like the oddball string episode, right? The, the, I mean, obviously there's rounds and flats. You got it. Now I hope you have a little bit of, uh, of thought about how to go about choosing a string set. Uh, I feel like we didn't even really talk that much about flats though, dude. I, know, we need to do. I don't think we did. Guys, tell us, give us a shout out on, like, I'll tell you what, actually, the guys in the, the YouTube audience are awesome. They, you know, they, they leave so many freaking awesome comments. Please know that we read all of those comments. Like, I go we every do. single week. I go to YouTube, I read all of them comments, and every single week I'm like, wow, I cannot believe how engaged you guys are and I know. how it's sweet so cool. you are and all of the amazing uh, comments that you that you leave. It is very different, actually. On our regular YouTube channel, maybe it's just because it's bigger, you get a whole mix of individuals. Like You get great comments, you get people shooting you down. Oh, the whole thing but you <laughs> like the podcast listeners over on youtube are just freaking awesome so, so yeah cool. thank you so much i know we really really um really don't take you for granted and thanks so much for leaving all of those great comments please let us know in the comments do you want another episode on streams we would love to make it yeah. for you i think we need to I feel like I feel like we didn't even talk because I was like, oh yeah, I need to talk about you know the the different gauges and styles of flats on different scales. Oh, I think yeah. is actually a, it's a big deal for me. I play different flats on a short scale than I do on a long scale, and I think we need to maybe do another episode that's like uh, flats and then the others, flats and others, right? It's like flats and then it's tapes, halves, pressures, and coded dudes. Let us know in the comments. We will do it for you. <laughs> right, guys, take it easy. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Take care, Take care everybody.